Good evening to you all from Western Cape, South Africa. And uh, what an honor to serve you tonight again. Now, you know, I'm only the donkey that Jesus can ride on. And we're here to serve you, to get you where you are, to move you where you're supposed to be. Now, we had tremendous services this morning and great reaction and the whole of last week and every morning we do the keys of faith and last week we spoke on preparation, obedience and focus and this month of July we speak about growing, sowing and then going. Now I'll explain all that. I'm laying a foundation this morning and tonight to help you. Welcome to our Asian people in Germany and uh, most people in the American family, oh my word, and out of Africa, Zambia also, people send messages and say they're watching the services. Now it's not for who watch, <laughs> who's who in the charismatic zoo. It's a word to impact you, to make you strong, never to give up, not to quit, not to toss in the towel. Quitting is a permanent choice on a temporary problem. And that's why every problem has an expiration date. And I said this morning, <laughs> every battle that you fight, the expiration date is over. It's July the 5th, 2020. Say my expiration date of my promise or my problems are over. I am going over and not under. He makes me the head and not the tail. I'm going up and not down, forward and not backwards. Now tonight we're going to continue with growing, sowing, and with going. Now, faith is to see things from God's perspective. That's why we're not under circumstances. How are you doing? Oh, between the tire and the chup and the tire and the tar and between the bark and the tree. And we've got all these stupid cliches that people say, no, you're victorious. <laughs> there was a high price paid for you. We have overcome. Not one day we will. Not when we get to heaven. Right now on this earth where you are sitting right now, I said this morning, God didn't create you just to go on in life, to have a haphazard journey. Created you for a divine purpose, a divine plan. God's got a plan with you, not for you. We said that in the past three weeks. Because with me, I'm a co-laborer. I'm equally yoked with God. and We work together on God's dream. God's word carries the assurance Nothing is going to change what God says. And that's why the scripture I was using and finishing this morning, Psalm 89 verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the thing that is come out of my lips. Oh, my word. God said he's not going to change. What came out of his mouth is life, is light, and his resurrection power. <laughs> now, now tonight I want to speak to us about when I focus on fear, what happens? And when I focus on faith, what happens? Two different scenarios in life. And uh, now that's why the scripture is so important because our faith must grow. Say grow. 
You have start off with mustard seed faith. And then your faith grows that you will become a giant. Jesus marveled when he saw the centurion's faith. <laughs> wow. Now listen what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse 3. We ought and indeed are obligated as those in debt to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith is growing exceedingly. <laughs> Say, faith must grow. You believe God for a headache to be healed? And he heals it. Now your faith start growing. You develop that faith muscles. Was a 1979 in that year when I decide I'm going to live the life of faith. I was already a pastor. I was first a disaster. And then God made me a pastor to become a devil blaster. And, <laughs> and uh, a religion was about the shoes and the hairstyle and the makeup and the glasses I think, yeah, I did wear glasses that time and uh, looked like nerd on vacations. <laughs> and then <laughs> we discover it's not the hairstyle, not the makeup, not the shoes, not the dresses, not not shaving your armpits and your leg hair. It's about have a relationship with God. It's all about the heart. Somebody say it's about my heart. Religion is out of the mind. But relationship is out of the heart to love God with everything. That's why we have a lot of religious people in the world. But we need sons and daughters of God to come to manifestation. And they are faith giants. They are led by the Spirit. And now God will always let you operate in faith. And I'm going to explain it tonight that your faith grows it must grow. You cannot stay in only yesterday's faith. We are in now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That things is everything Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary and conquered the devil. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve was created perfect. Live in his glory. Live in the presence of God. Have the character of God. Operate by sowing and by authority. And Satan messed it up and we spoke about last week and then took her focus off. And that's why scripture instruct us that your faith must grow. Say, my faith must grow. Now you go to the gym and you want that big muscles and... Uh, <laughs> You need to exercise and do something about it. The, 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 the Olympic champion doesn't just do it on a Sunday morning. <laughs> he does it seven days a week, early morning, exercise, do all kinds of stuff so that he can be that gold medal winner in the name of Jesus. Now, <laughs> when the Bible says that we can, our faith can grow exceedingly, now, now, that means your faith can be strong or weak. You can develop it or have underdeveloped faith. Now, when, when I discovered and I went to the service in the Portuguese hall 
1979 and Dad Hagen, they all were young people and <laughs> Ken Jr. still had his dark hair and Dad Hagen didn't have gray hair that time. And uh, when he shared the word, I discover I have weak faith and underdeveloped faith. And how because I was depressed, oppressed, compressed, had no hope, I weighed 90 pounds. That's about, what, 43 kilograms. And uh, looked like a, 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 a locust on steroids. <laughs> and then I took a piece of paper and every day I start writing. I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says. I said it about three, four, five, six times a day. I can do what the word says I can do. I will achieve what the word says I will achieve, and I can have what the word says I can. That's where it originated out of the 1979. And a phenomenal, my mental attitude changed, and depression left, and... Uh, I lost vision at that time, and vision came back to do mighty exploits for God. And, uh, and then I learned I had to tap into the resources of God and develop my faith, and that scripture helped me. Uh, Pastor Johan Greiling had services at 3 o'clock. Uh, he was in Alberton. I was in uh, Benoni, in the area there. And at 3 o'clock, I was in that services in the huge tent Three and a half thousand people came to that services on a Sunday, winter, summer, rain, hail, whatever it may be. And then he started preaching about the faith message also. So everywhere where I could feed my spirit, you know, we feed this physical body three, four, five, six times a day. And my spirit man looks like a bokum, <laughs> viscous bokum. <laughs> now Americans won't understand. Looks like jerky, Texas jerky, dried out because we feed him a snack on a Sunday. And then I realized, man, I was in the wrong thing. I had to change my mental attitude, start feeding my spirit man. And when I start feeding my spirit man, I concentrate more on what God says than what the devil says. And I said to you this morning, Jesus revealed the devil. He's a liar. And everything that comes up in your mind that's not in the book is the lie of the devil. He can never tell the truth or half a truth. He's a liar. But God can never lie. He always tells the truth. That's why our scripture says, God said every word that I made, every promise, every covenant I made with you, that words that came out of my lips, I will never alter that words. Wow. And that tells us in whom we can trust. Now, in Romans 1.17, there's a translation and I'm reading from this. The gospel shows us how God makes his people right with himself, it says. That it begins and ends with faith. Wow. The scripture says... Those who are right with God will live by trusting in Him. Wow! Your spiritual life starts with faith. It's going to end with faith. <laughs> because what excites God? Wow! Our faith. What can upset God when I operate in unbelief, in doubt, and in fear? 
Hebrews chapter 11, 6, without faith. The word without means in every language, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, Swahili, Kozai, Hindu, whatever they speak. It means the same thing, without. <laughs> it's impossible. Wow. You don't need a revelation on the Greek and the Hebrew and the Latin on that. Impossible means impossible. <laughs> Cannot be done. It's impossible to please God. Now, that's a very powerful thing. Then scripture says, those who go to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder <laughs> of those that seek him. Those who believe God for the miraculous to happen, God rewards that faith. He marvels about great faith. And uh, that's why the scripture also says in Hebrews chapter 11, 1, and I just quoted the scripture, now faith, now to see it from God's perspective is my word. Now faith is the, what did we say? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence, that word hope is an expectation. Rise your expectation, no more small thinking. Take a blade and cut out the word impossible out of your dictionary. <laughs> Because no more small thinking, no more words of it's impossible. I'm going to show you how people were dwelling on the word impossible and did not honor God. What trouble it brought for them. Their choices make it. Now we are the product today of what we believed yesterday. That's why I get a big revelation about God and his word. <laughs> In my Pentecostal days, we only preach against smoking, TV, bicycle. Now, that time, the TV came in 75 in South Africa. And dancing and all these things, we call it Pentecostal sins. <laughs> now, the Bible says everything that's not of faith is sin. Wow. So when I have instruction from God and I don't operate it, it becomes sin. It's to miss the mark, miss the blessing, miss the point, miss what God had in mind. And that's why now faith is the substance, the title deed. I carry the letter. When you paid your bond off, the, the bank gives you the title deed. Now you're the legal owner. While you are paying off, they the co-owners of your property. But the Bible says you are, you carry the title deed of everything that Jesus died for. He died for every sin that everybody can be saved. He died for every sickness that everybody can experience health and, and walk in great health. He, he, he paid for poverty so that you may become wealthy. I carry the title deed. He took on depression and everything so that I can have the joy. Tell somebody you need a good dose of joy tonight. We have too many Christians that drink from the sour wine. You need the sweet new wine. <laughs> The joy of the Lord is my strength. David says, restore the joy of my salvation. Somebody say, give me back the joy of my salvation that I can be on fire for the Messiah. <laughs> now listen what Ephesians and Paul comes and he addressed the Christians because it's like to see. Faith is seeing the end result. Faith is Penetrating through every obstacle and barrier. Faith is and always speak what the desire image needs to be. 
Now Ephesians 1.18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding of, of your heart or your mind will be flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future. I like this translation. God has promised to those he called. Wow. So I need to see it. I didn't need to feel it. It's first seeing. <laughs> see it. Then the feeling will come when you can see. The, the Amplified says so that you may know and understand two things. And the one feeds on the other. But this translation says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light, the light of God, so that you can see the wonderful future God has promised those he called. Say, I am called. I'm handpicked. Say it for yourself. You are called. God didn't go and say, any, many, many, mo." Many are called, few are chosen. The chosen ones are the ones that are obedient, Zechariah and Elizabeth, because they kept the word of God. There's a lot of people, they know they called, but they haven't been chosen yet because they decide about the choosing factor through their obedience. Am I going to develop my faith? Am I going to live a life of faith or in fear? Am I going to follow God's instruction? That's why... Everybody said, I'm a son of God. No, you can only be a true son of God. Romans chapter 8 says, when you are led by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> not the Holy Flesh, not the emotions, not money, not opportunity, not status, not who invites you, not, not the position I carry. When I'm led by the Holy Spirit, that's why when the Spirit of God leads me, I will be a man of integrity. I will be humble. Come on, people. <laughs> and I will be obedient. That's the key words. If you want to see God does great things. Now, we have one or two options here. And that I put down. You can look at your life. Listen, with the eyes flooded with light. That I look with faith. Or you can look at your life with darkness and only operating fear. Now, what happens, and there's certain things that happens when I operate not by faith but by fear. Now, what is fear? False evidence appear real. F-E-A-R. False evidence appear real. That's why I have the Bible, I have the Word, the lamp of God. Whenever you read about the, the word of God, you will read it's a light. It's a lamp. You will read. It, it, it generates. It energizing. Hebrews chapter 4, 12. Now, that, that's a story. Now, there's a story in the Bible. Let me push the rewind button and go back. Uh, how many years ago? 4,000 plus years ago. And um, maybe 5,000. When Moses delivered... God's people out of Egypt. 430 years in exile, oppressed, 
Oh my word, they work like slaves. A whip was crack over them. The bush burn. God appears to Moses and say, Go and let my people go. <laughs> so here with a long story after all the plagues and all the signs and the wonders, Pharaoh said, Yes, and here they went. And uh, now they are journey to the promised land. Say the land that God promised them. God's got a promise and God doesn't want you to be in the land of not enough. That's Egypt. You see, and then he doesn't want you to be in the land of just enough. That's selfish. Uh, just oh, if I can just make it. No, God doesn't want. He wants you to make it you, but you need to help others to make it. He's got a land of more than enough. The land that flows with milk and honey. And that's the journey to exit of not enough through the land of just enough to the land of more than enough. Now you will read the whole journey of God and how people he chosen. It was never a sin. It was a faith problem, believing God for what he says. Now, what happened here, they had two options. They <laughs> can look at what God says with Faith and says, yes, God, and I'm going to show it because here they come to the river. And Moses said, okay, let's first spy the land. He sent out 12 spies. And uh, then the spies were watching and seeing and everything God said, it was just like that. And then they came back in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Now we're going to page there. And uh, when you look in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, oh my word, the scriptures helped me a lot in my life's journey. <laughs> That's why you have prophetic promises and you are a prophecy that must be fulfilled. The only person since a prophetic word, since the written word went out of God's mouth, it's no longer God's responsibility to perform. He's awakened over his word. It's what I do with the word. People say, I have 10 prophecies. I have five confirmations. I have seven other words. <laughs> Upon that word, I've got 10 more words. And it's, you're going to have the airplane and you're going to own an island. And, you, you know, it's every time it's about pumping the flesh while it's for the gospel's sake to advance God's kingdom. That's why we need to preach that kingdom. This is a kingdom word right now. And in Numbers chapter 13, now they came back and <laughs> what happens here, 27, they told Moses. Now there's 12 spies appeared before Moses. We came to the land to which you send us. Surely it flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. So here they brought the evidence. They have the evidence. Remember what God did in the past, how God provided. Help you with that bill to pay and bail you out of the water and light. And I can tell you stories how God bailed us out of water accounts of thousands, 70,000 grand. I'll tell it maybe at the end if somebody can remind me about that. And uh, so what happened, they say, and in verse 28, Whenever you say what God said and you put a but behind, B-U-T, you are actually disqualified what you just said. They said, everything Moses you said was true. Here's the evidence. 
but the people who dwell there are strong. Oh my word. Now let me help you quickly with something that I've put down in paper or in writing. Listen, what I've put down. Whenever you face the negative and in fear, you will always exaggerate, listen, our difficulties. You will always pump your problem up higher and bigger than what God says. You will believe what the doctor says, the bank says, the economy says, coronavirus says, what the economist says, and you will believe all those. You will always say, yes, God says, but. I had the prophecy, but. And when you said, but, you're going to null avoid the words that God just said, because did you read in the New Testament that Jesus couldn't do many miracles because of, because of what? <laughs> the wine drinking, no. Because of what? No, no, because of their unbelief. It says, but the people who dwell there are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak of great stature and courage. Now that <laughs> the, the Amaleks dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and all kinds of rites and sites dwell in the hill country and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along by the side of the Jordan River. Now here they release a word of what they observe out of their soulless dimension, out of a dark mind. Now, this is the problem. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt never came out of them. Because, now remember, who of you will remember the names of ten of their tribes, the ten spies? Remember, twelve went. You only remember two of the spies' names. You don't remember the ten, the negative people. Oh, my word. <laughs> because it's that negative people that <laughs> you, nobody remembers them. Nobody wants to be around negative people. Because they said, now I'm just going to read a few names. <laughs> he said they were their names of the tribe of Reuben, Shamu, son of Zachar. Now, who know, remember that? Horai. <laughs> Jepunet, come on somebody <laughs> who remember Igal. <laughs> Nobody remembers that names. Oh my word. And that was all Gadiel. And uh, uh, that's all the, the, the people. Emil. Oh, <laughs> Setter. <laughs> that's all the people that went and came back with a negative. Not one of us. Some of you first heard that names. Uh, do you carry one of those names? No, nobody calls you that. But do you, re you remember the other two names, Joshua and Caleb. In Afrikaans, we always say Caleb. That means Caleb. It nooit snor gedrani of a barney. I was Caleb. Okay, you'll get it later. Caleb. Listen, but what you will read in verse number 30, now, after they said this, 
They say, oh, all these big giants and everybody. And verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to conquer it. But his fellow scouts said, that's the 10, we are not able to go up against the people of Canaan for they are stronger than we are. Oh my cotton socks. Listen, <laughs> you have one of two opportunities. You can look at your now situation with the eye of faith or the eye of fear. Now we said this morning, we don't <laughs> uh, say sickness doesn't exist, poverty doesn't exist, problems. We, we, that's not what we say. We, we say that what exists doesn't need to have effect on my life because I operate from another kingdom. I am <laughs> baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have a river flowing out of me because I believe the scripture. Now, <clears throat> your first problem is you exaggerate your difficulties. That's what that ten spies did. Say, yes, God said, but oh my word, they're too big and they're too strong. And the ne next thing you do when you concentrate more on fear, you underestimate your abilities. That's why they said, Oh, my word. Now, they quickly forgot what God did in Egypt <laughs> and how God departed the sea. They quickly, you know, we, we as human beings, we, we're more open for the negative than the positive. People can tell you in 1952, <clears throat> my mother said that. <laughs> I, I know of a couple that were married for 21 years. And then when they have a fight, the husband would say, in 1960, you said that. Oh, my word. And then the other person said, what did I say, 1960? And then he can repeat it for word for word because they dwell in their dimensions. The eyes of the understanding are not enlightened and they ponder, they are underestimate their own abilities because here Caleb said, let's go, God said it. And they say, no, we cannot because for they are stronger then we are. Somebody say Penny Baloney. Penny Baloney. <laughs> Listen. So they brought the Israelites an evil report. If you say something that contradicts what the word says, it's not a negative report. It's an evil report. Wow. It's the Bible. I'm reading out of the Bible, not from Joseph Smith or the Quran, <laughs> or, or the, the Jolly Witnesses Bible, I'm reading out of the Amplified. It says, they, the Israelites, an evil report of the land, which they had scouted out, saying, the land through which we went to spy it out is a land that devour its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Your first thing, there's five things that normally happens when you concentrate on fear. When you believe what God said about you is not the truth. What you believe <coughs> about what the enemy tries to tell you, the father of lie. We first said you exaggerate, you make the problem bigger than what it is. That you ever woke up three o'clock in the morning 
and you face a court case tomorrow or something. <laughs> this one pastor was praying for, what can I pray, he said, for my hearing. So he put his fingers in his ear. He said, Lord, I command the ears to open. And he said, how's your hearing? He said, no, my hearing is tomorrow. He meant a court hearing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen, we exaggerate our difficulties. Second thing we do, we underestimate our abilities. What does Paul says? I can do all things. <laughs> Say all things through Christ Jesus. You can do everything. You can do all things. Listen, because Numbers 13.33 says, There we saw the Nephilim or giants, the son of Anak, <laughs> who come from the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. Now that is the most phenomenal thing, what they were saying there. Because negative people, people in unbelief, people that don't believe. I remember when I moved to Cryfontaine, man, pastors told me and they got me in the parking lot and did this to me. And you're raping the message of the Bible. And you're never going to make it. And this is, you're going to be a has-been. And oh my word, they pumped me full of nigger. Then the Satanists came to the meetings. Then, oh, <laughs> we had problems with all kinds of stuff. And I had to hold on to the word. When my feeling came up, I feel like a grasshopper. <laughs> no, no, I never said it. And I never operate in that. Because... They underestimate their abilities. And that is the problem. The, the, the biggest barrier to your future, I've put it down here in writing, the biggest barrier to your breakthrough, your future, to what God wants to do through you in people's life is your past. I can tell you, if you keep on dwelling in the past, that pastor did that, Gustav did that, mistakes. I've made a million mistakes and I still do maybe seven million. If you dwell on that, he hurt me, she hurt me, they said that, you're going to be in big trouble. It will be a barrier to your greatness of growing, sowing, and going and fulfill God's commission for your life. That's why the church... I asked the question for months and months, if we have so many billions of Christians on the face of the earth, why are we in trouble? If we have so, uh, what's it, 75% or 80% Christians in South Africa, why is South Africa so dear Makar? <laughs> why is it? Because people are living in the past. We cannot pay what our forefathers did in the apartheid. I, I was never an apartheid person. Now they keep on bringing these nonsense. It's nonsense. It's the devil trying to let you focus and you are in your promised land and you're not aware of it. And that's why don't let the past. Well, I tried that sowing in the past and didn't work. Now you must know God's word works. If I believe it or not, it's going to work. It works for other people who believe. <laughs> So I've got to tell the devil, say it's too late to tell me God's not a healer. 
It's too late to tell me God is not a provider. It's too late to tell me God is not a savior. God saved my brother at the age of 63. We prayed he was a rascal. <laughs> Maybe he's watching tonight. And my mother were praying and we had a picture up from, for him on the cross that we had there in the church. And we prayed and he gave his heart to the Lord. Phenomenal. That's what God can do. And I always said, if God could save Christo, he can save anybody on the face of the earth. Because God is able. Now, that you, you underestimate your ability. You are strong. You are blessed. You are an overcomer. That's from God's perspective. God wants you to see it. The next thing we do, we get discouraged. Because in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice, and they wept that night. Why did they scream and why did they? Because here they heard the news of the ten spies. There's giants. They've got six fingers on each hand and six toes on each feet. And... Uh, they giants, they tall people, and they the children from Anak. There's another word. They were from children from Anus, whatever that means. <laughs> and they thought they're never going to make it. But listen, the word of God is so powerful. <laughs> they, we get discouraged. And uh, that's what happened. Then they say, I'm going to give up on God. This God business doesn't work. And they lost the key. They are... Have you lost your key? Get your key back tonight through the power of seed, the word of God. <laughs> Plant the seeds, speak the word. Plant seeds of faith, speak what you need to happen that the key can unlock the impossibilities because faith opens the door to the miraculous. It connects you to the supernatural. It opens the storehouse of heaven. Faith is always in connection to activate a miracle in your life. Now listen what happened. <laughs> the next thing, the next step that we do, step number four, when we focus on the negative and fear, we start to gripe about our lives. I don't want to live. I could rather die. Oh my word, why does God allow that? Why is this all so bad? I'm a good person. Why does bad things happen to good people? And we start with all those gibberish nonsense. Listen, it says, all the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, now millions of Hebrew children accused them. Oh, my word, Moses was a phenomenal leader. How will you feel? We cannot even handle if one person is against us. How will you handle if the whole nation is against you? <laughs> he says, would that we, that we had died in Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness? Now they accuse them. Why did you bring us here? We could rather die in Egypt, but they forgot how God set the table, how God provided, how God let them come out of their slavery, wealthy. That's how they bought the calf. <laughs> when Moses went up, you know the first tablets <laughs> that was ever mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> it was not the aspirin or a disprin <laughs> or the allergics. 
It was the tablets that the Ten Commandments was right on. Moses had the first tablets. Moses was the first basket case, so you're not the first one. <laughs> because Potiphar's wife, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife was not there. Pharaoh's daughter pulled me out of the Nile in a basket. He was the first basket case. And he became the strongest leader. <laughs> now, and then the last thing we do, we eventually give up and blame God. Verse 3 says, Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will be prey. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. You see, the Egyptian brains, they were so influenced by the world system. The world system wants to make out of you an Egyptian. And now, <laughs> Moses was an Egyptian. He grew up as an Egyptian <laughs> royalty. But he had Hebrew nature, brains. <laughs> and then he was a Hebrew boy, <laughs> that operates at times in Egyptian brains. <laughs> now that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to leave the past behind. You can do nothing about 6 o'clock, the 5th of July, 2020. You'll never see it again. You'll see it next year in 2021, by the grace of God. But we eventually give up and blame God. And that's what they did. And then they start making plans to go back. Now you can never turn back because it's not God. It's the choices we make and our belief system that's poison to get the poison out and build up your immune system, your spiritual. If your natural immune system is not built up, you will get flu and viruses. And that's what the medical profession says. If your spiritual immune system is not built up with the word every day, you will get spiritual diseases. That's not what God called you. That's the strategy of the enemy to keep people away, not to manifest in this world as true sons and daughters of God. But what happens if I put faith above fear and I believe the word of God? Oh, my word. And I see with the eye of faith. <laughs> Remember Gehazi and the prophet, was it Elijah, around the mountain. And oh my word, and he's trembling in fear. He saw all the, the, the chariots and the enemy against them. And then the prophet prays and said, open his eyes. And suddenly Gehazi saw the chariots of fire. God opened his eyes to see with the eye of of faith. That's what you need to see with the eye of faith. See the end result. See the solution for your problem. Uh, the solution for your condition. Now, uh, what happens when I look at situations? Right now, you are in July 2020, and you look according from God's perspective, as God sees it, as God desires it, as God has made up his mind about you. What happens then? Number one, 
faith shrink my problems. Now, I don't like the word my there. I put it down in writing and then I, I, I wipe it out. Faith shrinks the problems that's operating in the world. <laughs> because I look at it as God is looking at it. Now, that's a powerful thing. Because in Genesis 18.4, is anything too hard for the Lord? Number says, God is not a man that he ever shall lie. He would not say something and don't do it. <laughs> Jesus said in Luke 1.37, for nothing is, not will be, not may be, nothing is impossible, whoa, hallelujah, with God. Whatever you believe God for, nothing is impossible. Lift your expectation high. Uh, uh, remember the old song we sing? Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look in his face. Then the things of the world will grow strangely dim. Moment when I operate by faith, my problems, <laughs> listen, shrinks. And then God's promises override every problem I can face. <laughs> Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Mark chapter 11, oh my word, that's a scripture I've built this ministry on my life, on, I've built my family on this word. In Mark chapter 11, after Jesus spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree withered, the Bible says he spoke to it. <laughs> that means to something that must change. Everything that's a it in your life must and are subject to the word you speak. Now listen what Mark, Jesus said here. Peter came back and they cleansed the temple, came back and he said, Rabbi, the fig tree. And then Jesus replying said to him, have faith in God constantly amplified. Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, what do we say if I concentrate on faith, growing, sowing, and going? Listen, your faith must grow. Grow in faith. What happens? It says, truly, I tell you. One translation, I swear by myself. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believe that what he says will take place. It will be. <laughs> when? When you say it. It manifests in the spirit, then manifests in the natural. It will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, there's people praying and praying and praying and you see no results because they pray in doubt. Faith can work without prayer by declaring it, be, prophesy the word. But prayer can never work without faith because for this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident <laughs> that it is granted to you and you well, not maybe, not one day. You will get it. The moment you start speaking, it will manifest. 
Angels are ministering spirits. They're working on your behalf. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. (laughs) Don't say, I'll forgive, but I will not forget. Leave it. Let it go. I'm telling you the greatest message. I can close the Bible and finish now here because that's the things that we need to hear. No good stuff I want to hear, how powerful I'm going to be, the good prophecy. We have prophecy that this ministry will be known as the miracle capital in the Western Cape. It will be known all over the world as the miracle capital, miracles. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm getting spiritual heebie-jeebies the moment when I said it. I felt the presence of God. <laughs> like, uh, it's here. Listen, and how will you get it? When you say it and believe it and act upon it, it says, let it go in order that your Father who's in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. All of us have been hurt, disappointed. But I've learned if you carry on tomorrow with your past, that's in the past. Well, he hurt me, our, that's a past. Twin it's a past. Let it go, drop it, so that you can be forgiven. His promises are, what did we say? New Every morning, you've got time till midnight tonight to drop and let it go so that you will not go through another cycle of missing God's promises. Hallelujah. Because remember what we said, the scripture we were reading out of Romans, it says the gospel shows us how God makes people right with himself, that it begins and ends with faith. The scripture says those who are right with God will live by trusting <laughs> in him. And then Ephesians 1.18. I love the scripture. Oh, my word, I'm preaching out of Ephesians a long time. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light. I just brought light to you. Because maybe that's the hindrance, that you concentrate too much on fear, you're angry with God, and you're angry with people. Oof. People did me wrong, terribly wrong. I had to forgive them. I had to let go. Somebody murdered my mother. I had to drop it. You think that was a good, that was a horrible experience. It haunted me because I saw it happen. Now all these things that I'm telling you, I had to drop and let it go. The man that hit me with the axe that night. (laughs) That's another story. He came through the window with a big axe. Oh my word, I was so angry. And there was a few people in the car and I said, now I'm going to run over him. And I heard the Lord said, I said, your devil. The Lord said, no, not the devil, it's you. You didn't listen to my instruction. Then I start praying. A week later, they stabbed him. I don't know, it was 28 times. And somebody phoned me and said, he's now in, in, in the hospital. Tell the police to arrest him. I said, that account is settled on Calvary's Hill. I prayed for his salvation. And the phenomenal story. <laughs> He died early morning, that boy. That, that was about a year or so later. He didn't die of the stabbing wounds. He died of HIV AIDS, I think. And he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and said, and when they phoned me, I said, hallelujah. Every hit with the axe was worthwhile so that he could get saved. <laughs> Isn't that phenomenal? 
but God can do it by grace. Come on, people. <laughs> oh, my word. Because faith opens the door. We said, number one, faith sinks your problem. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Number three, faith works with me. It acts on my behalf. Faith is the force. It's the key that God gave in my hand to unlock the door, to open that safe, to uh, unlock the door to the miraculous, to the supernatural, that I can step and be connected and where the supernatural becomes natural every day. We think supernatural is just, well, 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 I shake and I fall over. I've done all that and I've laughed. And, but it's to see the miraculous. When there's no hope, hope comes in. <laughs> when you're at the end of your rope and you see my word here, the breakthrough comes. When the economy is bad and God provides and supply all of your needs. When the doctors say you're going to die. That happened to me in 2003. I became very sick. And the doctor said if I get a flu that a cold. I'll be dead. They bury me. And God healed me instantly that Sunday morning. And I never went back. And then ran for the Olympics. It's now in this time. In July. <laughs> that I ran for the Olympics 2004. Somewhere there's a picture that they can show maybe one or another day. How I ran for the Olympics with the Olympic torch. Listen, because the word, that's supernatural. Oh, my word, when God does these phenomenal things. <laughs> that night when they brought me that Mercedes-Benz 2012 C180, I've still tried, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> it was not only prayed for, it's paid for. Listen, that was God's miraculous power. That's supernatural. Now, I believe, and when God healed me, gave me another kidney, that's supernatural. When God raised my sister from, that, that's supernatural. When God healed that man who had 12 years, that stroke, that with the withered hand and leg, when he went up in the air and hit the floor and started running, supernatural healed. That's supernatural. We believe in the supernatural power of God. I mean for revival. I mean for awakening. But I'm not going to stay there. I want to walk in resurrection power. That's what the sons of God does. They walk in resurrection and the daughters, listen, faith works with me. It acts on my behalf. Come on, somebody. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you. Wow. So if I'm negative, it's going to be according to the negative you believe. If you believe the word of God, faith is not positive thinking. Faith is I believe, I am positive. I believe the word of God. That's why I cannot be negative. I cannot say, oh, coronavirus taking over. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Oh, the church is going to, no, no, no. God is increasing. God is helping us. God is supernaturally. He used sinners to sow. And oh, my word, I can tell you stuff and stories there's a testimony that we have to share what God did in these difficult times because God is so faithful. <laughs> this week we give blankets and more food and do more things and, and, and give burners for another group that start with the feeding. In front of all these things with gas cylinders. And air. My God, how can we stay negative if God is so good? He's so good. Listen. <laughs> Faith, <laughs> number four, unlocks God's promises. 
Second Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes. Did you hear what the Bible says? Not Gustav, the Bible says that. It's all yes, yes, yes in Christ. It's no, not no and yes. It's only one word. It's yes. God said what I made with you. I, I want to supply all of your needs. Second <laughs> Corinthians 8, 9. Although he was very rich for your sakes, become very poor. So that through his uh, poverty, you may become wealthy. Say, God not wants to me to be wealthy. I'm a billionaire in the making. I'm going to change the world. Hallelujah. I will not lend. I will not borrow. I will be the lender. I will <laughs> give people money. Come on, somebody. Because you are moving under divine protection. <laughs> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, my word. I've got Psalm 91. The angels carry me <laughs> so that I will not stumble. Come on, people. Declare the word of the Lord. He will satisfy you with a long life. That's the word of God. You, you, if you sit, I've seen people diagnosed with cancer. And in three weeks, they're gone. Two weeks, they're gone. Why? They just went in shrink and sit on a hip and say, I'm going to die. There's no hope. There's no hope. No! As long as there's breath in your body, there's life flowing through you. Because Jesus is the life and resurrection power. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes, yes, yes in Christ. That's your promises. Say the promises of God is yes. It's not maybe. He's not a God of the maybe. <laughs> He's not of a God I think will think about it. He said it that forever. Sir. Well, I first need a revelation. Here I gave you the revelation. I need an angel. If you don't believe <laughs> the written word, you will never believe even if an angel appears to you. Come on, somebody. And the fifth thing, faith turns God-given dreams into a reality. Turns God-given dreams into a reality. Oh, my word, Ephesians 3.20. The God who does that exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, what we ever ask or pray for, according to the power that worketh in us. The exceedingly, you qualify when you believe. Have the eyes of your mind enlightened, of your heart enlightened, that you may know and understand the hope of your calling. And that's why that word says he does the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, what you ever ask or pray for. <laughs> oh, my word. It turns, what dream do you have in your heart? First God's dream, we know that. To win the last, the billion souls that coming in. I need to fulfill my assignment. But what dream do you believe God? What did God tell you about your life? Oh, my word. When God gave me that and the promise and the prophecy of the property at LWPC, it prophesied prophesy that. God gave it to me. That was in a time when it was a high-risk red area. Petal bombs, they, all kinds of stuff. And God gave it. That's how awesome God is. Never underestimate what God puts in your heart to say it's impossible. And the last one is faith gives me the power to hold on in tough times, I develop bulldog faith. Not feelings, not emotions who led me, because that can get you in trouble. 
<clears throat> but listen what Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says about this. Oh, my word, then we're done. Then we're going to do the communion and seal every promise of God for your life. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Oh, Jesus. It says we are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way. That's Paul speaking. <coughs> but not cramped or crushed. <laughs> we suffer embarrassment and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. That's when he faced all these challenges. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not desert, deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. What a powerful word, Paul says. That's why he said, the devil hindered us. Now, this battle that Paul was talking about here, that's what the enemy will try to do. When God wants to promote you, he'll send a person in your life. When the devil wants to distract you, he'll send a Lila. <laughs> She's the Lila, but she looks like delicious. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> it's time to get rid of all this negativity and people who just subtract from you and take away from the energy and add yourself with people that can add to your faith, bold, you believe with you, joined with you. And that's what Loftal people are. We believe God for the miraculous. We're going to come out of this stronger, more powerful. At the moment, the whole world feels we are in that barrier. We are pressed in. We are in this in lockdown thing and all these stories. I understand that. But turn your problem into a purpose. <laughs> Turn it into an opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. The five things when you concentrate on fear or on the negativity we say, listen, you will exaggerate your difficulty. The doctor will say you have, you say you have a pain in your finger and then you get another pain and another pain and you say cancer. The doctor doesn't say cancer. <laughs> or oh, you got a headache, then you say, oh, I'm going to get a stroke. I'm going to uh, watch out what you say is what you got to get. Listen, <laughs> my mother always said, I'm so angry, I'm going to get a stroke. Then I said, I rebuke it, I cancel it. And she didn't die of a stroke. <laughs> because we get what we say. <laughs> Number two, you underestimate your ability. You feel weak while God says you're strong. You feel you cannot while God says you can do all things through Christ Jesus. <laughs> you say it's impossible while God says all things are possible if you can believe him. You say, I'm going to die. I'm so sick like a dog. That's why you cough. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> no, you're going to live and declare the glory of the Lord. <laughs> we get discouraged while you need to have courage. We start to gripe about our lives. Is this all? I've served the Lord all my life. And my mother said that because God used her powerful in the 70s. 
And then she said, oh, God, use you as a lemon, suck you out and throw you away. But before she died, she resurrected a lady, Auntie Bocky from the dead. And Auntie Bocky was at my mother's funeral. And I said, Auntie Bocky, is that the truth? And she said, yes, that's true. And I told my mother, I said, see, God showed you. He, he's not that. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us personally. And we eventually give up and blame God. But when I concentrate on what the word says, oh, my word, faith shrinks my problems, my disappointments, my situations. Come on, somebody. Number two, it opens the door for a miracle. You qualify. You're at the brink of that miracle. Most people ask at the doorstep the miracle. They see the light and they think it's a train that's going to run over them. In the meantime, it's the end of the dark tunnel. <laughs> Don't say negative things. Speak the word. Faith works with me and act on my behalf. <laughs> Number four, we said faith unlocks God's promises. Number five, faith turns God-given dreams into a reality. And faith gives me the power to hold on in tough times. I'm like a bulldog. <laughs> What's that other dogs that's actually ugly? They, we call it farkonde. What do you call it? Well, they're dogs. If they got grip on you, they jaw lock. That's what you need to have, that bulldog faith. I want to pray with you tonight. I trust it blessed you. Oh, my word. And I still want to share the story, but I'll share it next week about the water account thing and that you can have hope. But tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I heard the word of the Lord. I'm not going to concentrate on the negative. I call upon the name of the Lord and I'll be saved. Lord, I'm a faith person, and now, right now, there's faith in my heart to accept you. I'm going to be a great miracle, a phenomenal miracle. <laughs> Forgive me my sin, wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. Lord, from this day on, I'm going to walk out my salvation with fear and tremble. And I'm going to be so born again, born from anew, born from above, by living every day the Christ life. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I honor you for that. We're going to take the communion in that night to seal your healing miracles, your salvation, your financial provision, what you trust and believe God. God wants to give you a house and a car and land and blessings and overflow and increase and business, whatever. God did not send Jesus to die so that the heathen can prosper. He did it for you. It's your inheritance. Now Jesus took the bread and that night, and he broke it. <laughs> and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. He was crushed. He had all the whips, lashes on him, pulled out with glass, pulled out flesh that you could see his organs. He did it all for you, the crown of thorns on his head, so that he can destroy the yoke and of poverty and out of the sweat of your eyebrow you will earn income so that you can walk under the blessing. And he said, if you don't take part in this, you've got no part. But if you take part, you have the life of Christ in you. And he said, eat it. This is the symbol. This stands for victory, for overcoming power, for complete health, 
for complete prosperity to operate in the peace of God and in the grace of God and the greatness of God. We cancel every negative word that ever proceeds out of our mouth that could give the enemy the slightest idea. Conquered, he have us in his power or that null and, and void the word of God. We, we repent of that. We declare it now that that words will not have any effect any longer in our lives. We are healed by his stripes. We're not under the bloodline curse. We are redeemed from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham can come upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. My needs are met. I'm out of debt. There's plenty more to put in store. I will never have another broke day in my life. I call money cometh, blessing cometh, overcoming power cometh in the mighty name of Jesus. And he took the cup and he said, this is the the blood, the cup of my new covenant. The new covenant. This is not the blood of animal sacrifice that had to be done continually. The lamb gave his blood for one time and the blood speaks tonight. And that blood says you are victorious overcomer. You have overcome by the blood of the lamb. And now the word of my testimony is what we spoke on. You are victorious. You are growing. You are a sower, you sow love and the word and the gospel and finances and cars and how whatever you sow and you go to preach the gospel to your neighbors, to every sibling, to everybody. He said, as often as you eat this bread and you take this cup, remember my, my crucifixion, my burial, my resurrection and until I come again. This is covenant time. It's a covenant feast and we say thank you for the blood. That blood of Jesus flows through you. You are part of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have his body. You have too much of God. You have the fullness in you. That's why you're victorious and an overcomer tonight. Say, I take the victory right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, I will not settle for less than God's very best. I may have a few setbacks, but my comeback is greater than every setback ever in life. I speak the word because I qualify for everything God said by faith, by grace. In Jesus' name, Gustav de Toy from Lovegal International, what an honor to be with you all. I trust this word was a blessing. On the screen will appear our details. And if you want to sow where you want to go, do it to help us to impact millions of people's lives, to break the poverty and put feed in their stomach, uh, food in their stomach, feed, uh, food in their stomach, and help them to overcome every battle that they can be victorious through the love of Christ. We love you, and uh, we're excited what God's going to do, and shortly the buildings is going to open that we can have powerful prayer meetings in Jesus' name. Until tomorrow morning, God bless you, and we love you in Jesus' name.